Well, welcome to Women's Midweek, and uh, I want to congratulate you for being here, for pushing through every single thing that came against you today, and deciding that this was the place for you. (laughs) We all know it really is the place for us. So I want to congratulate you for getting here. Um, I'm pretty excited because for those of you that um, were able to go to the conference this year, all of the recordings are now ready, and we're going to be sending them out by this weekend. Woo! So I'm excited. That's like a huge thing. You know how you you have to live and learn and you realize you did things wrong and so then you have to write it down so that next year you don't do it that way? Well, there's been a lot of those. Just saying. Just saying. Even though it was completely awesome. Um, But I wanted to uh, just include you. I I thought that Sunday was amazingly awesome. Uh, Love risks, right? But I think that the, the highlight for me really was just hearing all those people sharing. I mean, isn't that kind of just crazy to go back and think, if that person had not done that, where would I be? You know, and uh, I know that Kevin's been doing that a lot lately. He's been, he, he, we went out to eat with him the other day and he said, he goes, I was just thinking, where would we be without the minors? And he was, he was, he said, I seriously just sat there and I thought about it. And I thought, okay, if, if, you know, if Tracy wasn't here or if Jay hadn't been here or whatever. And so I know he's been exercising that muscle a lot. So it's cool to see all of that happen on Sunday. But I just wanted to sort of, tonight we're just going to do, we're going to study the Bible. (laughs) We're going to do a Bible study. And um, basically you're just going to jump into the middle of what I'm trying to figure out right now myself. I just wanted to invite you to be a part of my study. Because I think something that um, has been occurring in my life this year, and I mean this week, that I've been trying to think about, you know, is this whole idea Kevin keeps talking about, about, about love risks. And yes, you've been hurt. And yes, you know the way the world works. And yes, you know all the things that can happen. But you're going to do it anyway, right? Well, I have been sort of thinking in this, in this way. And um, as would happen, I had a sort of a pile up of occurrences that all happened at once, and I'm not going to take you through every single occurrence, but it just took me to this thought um, that I had gotten to this place, this Psalm 73 place, and if you want to turn over there, you can. So I'd gotten to the Psalm 73 place um, where I, I just could not figure out everything that was coming into my brain. And I think that as people, as human beings, I can say this with assurance that it will not matter if you are married or single, have children or don't, you have times in your life where things just pile up and the, th- the incoming is so much that you just cannot sort through it all. You just can't sort through it all. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. And I was thinking about this Psalm 73. Um, let's read it together. It says, surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. Oh, hello. Someone's texting me. Should we see who it is? <laughs> Who's texting in the middle of midweek? Uh, I can see you're not here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Um, I just really, my, my husband is at a conference. So I now I have my phone because I'm like, what's going to come up on it? You know, my babysitting situations and everything. You know how you have all those cards stacked up? Hello. Okay. And it could bink. Um, just waiting for that to happen. But, um, okay. So he's saying, surely the Lord is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, 
My feet had almost slipped. I nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They're free from the burdens common to man. They're not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace, and they clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts come iniquity, the evil conceits of their mind, no, no limits. They scoff and they speak with malice. In their arrogance, they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven, and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how can God know? Does the Most High have knowledge? This is what the wicked are like, always carefree. They increase in wealth. And I just had to think, you know, this is such a description. I know you all, everybody can get to this point, you know, where you're just looking out. You know, I don't know if anything that I'm going to say today is going to have a really profound effect, but I just want you to go with me on this journey. Because, you know, sometimes you can just look at everything that's just going on in the world. I mean, it's not hard to imagine, to picture in your mind the person that wears the pride as a necklace, the person that has, you know, their, their, they clothe themselves with violence, their, their, their callous hearts uh, come out all this sin, their conceit of their minds has no limit. I mean, this is everywhere. You know, you just think about all the things that you take in every single day, all the sin that is around us. And, you know, we can liken ourselves to those people. We can liken ourselves to those people who are living in Sodom and Gomorrah and the things that we see around us. I mean, quite honestly, there's just a lot of muck. There is a lot of stuff to take in. And every once in a while, you can just be like, what in the world? What is going on with the world? And then you can just be like, and what, what am I doing? What am I doing? And then it, it, it's talking about even here, he goes through all this sinful and all the, you know, oh, the world, like you would call him the world, all the crazy things that are going on there. And then you got all the religious world that's laying claim to heaven and still you can't figure out what the heck they're doing. What are you talking about? You know, sometimes I listen and I think, what are you talking about? I don't understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. (laughs) You know, you just get this, you just get this, this sort of thing, this, uh, with the world. And I have felt that all this incoming coming in and I can't even sort all of it through. And you get to the point, you're like, why am I even trying? You know, I got to this point where I was like, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. I'm going to have a quiet time. I'm going to have a quiet time, and I'm going to think, I'm great, and then I'm just going to lose it. It's not going to matter. It doesn't matter how hard I try. It doesn't matter how hard I try with this. Someone's going to be offended. It's not going to matter how hard I try with that. Then I'm going to yell at the kids. It's not going to matter how hard I try. It's not going to work. It doesn't matter. We can't win. Okay? Surely in vain I've kept my heart pure. In vain I've washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been plagued. I've been punished every morning. Don't you want to just know what he was going through? I mean, I think we all have our own thing. You know, it's like, why was I... I was trying. I was trying. And it still didn't work. It's one thing to know you're in sin. It's another thing to try as hard as you can and still land there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, no, I, I was good. I was good. I was good. And now I'm bad. I was trying. 
just think, what am I doing? Why don't I just do what everybody else is doing? They don't care about anybody else. They're not studying the Bible with people. They're not trying to make their homes great. They're just yelling at each other, and they don't even care. They're just going after their own stuff. They sleep in on Sundays and Saturdays, and any night they want, they stay at home. They do whatever they want. If they want to watch Netflix, they do, and they don't worry about it. And always trying to be pure. And then he says, all day long I've been plagued. And I, I, have, I have to say that this is something that I relate to very much. So I'll have certain days where I feel like this has been going on all day. Someone asked me the other day, I think Lisa came over, she goes, how are you doing? I said, well, I think I found it really hard to be righteous today. I've been, it's been a, a struggle to be righteous all day. You know, sometimes uh, it's not. You ever notice that? Like, sometimes, you know, it's, like, it's just not. I don't know. Maybe you want to do good or something. I don't know what it is. It's just flowing, and it's going, and you're walking in the Spirit, and it's, oh, yes. And then other days, just like, wow, it's hard to want to do what God wants me to do right now. I just cannot figure out how to submit to his will. I cannot figure out how to make myself willing. I can't get willing, you know. Grant me a willing heart to sustain me. I'm like, grant me a willing heart. (laughs) And I just can't get there. And it goes on all day. And you know when you're in that grieving spot where when you wake up the next morning and your eyes open and you remember what you were griping about the night before or you remember what was going on the night before. Anyway, so I was finding myself in one of these times, and I'm sure you have found yourself there. And then this question came to mind. See, after that it says, if I had said, I will speak thus, I would have betrayed your children. And when I thought about this, I was thinking, what is he saying there? Well, he's saying, you know what? If I had talked about all this stuff that I was feeling, because this is all the stuff he was feeling. This is all the stuff he was talking to God about. This were the feelings that were in his heart. He said out loud, but I can't talk to other people about this. Because if I had, I would have betrayed your children. You know, and this is a concept that I was coming up to. When do you, when is it okay to speak and when do you just need to shut up? Like, when... Do you need to talk? And when do you need to not talk? Like, when are those times? How do you know if you are supposed to be talking this through or if you just need to keep it to yourself? And I had these moments because I feel like sometimes, no matter what I choose, I think I chose the wrong thing. So I think, oh, I think I need to talk this through. And so then I will start to talk it through And I start talking it through, but I can tell by the look on the other person's face that this is not really me talking it through. Somehow, I'm venting. That's really what's happening, is I'm trying to have a conversation with a human that is only intended to be had with God. And they really can't handle it. And it's not helping them at all. You know the scripture that says, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouths except what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen? That's definitely a memorized scripture, right, for most of the moms in here. <laughs> so Ephesians 4.29. But I think about that, like, what, what, do I need to be talking this through or do I just need to be working this through with God? 
And I think that I, I really had to think about this because in Psalm 32, which we're going to look in a minute, it says that when I kept silent, my bones wasted away within me. When I didn't talk, it was bad. And over here it's saying, if you did talk, it was bad. So what I need to know is when is the time to shut up and when is the time to speak up? More aptly spoken, when is the time for conversation and when is the time for confession? So, you know, this, this thing that happens, I think when, uh, there's some signs that I, I sort of notice. I kind of done this wrong and right through the years and I can't, you know, I can't claim that I've been 100% successful. So I'll just share the things that maybe I've done wrong and done right. <laughs> okay. So here's some clues. Let's think, you know, we all have our oppressed times. We all are going to have our confused times where we can't figure out what's going on. Our relationships in the kingdom are not working. We can't figure out why we keep bumping up and why is it such a problem? Why why is this so hard? And this is when always God makes all those relationships in the world look like they're so easy. You know, you're like, you know, I'm just going to hang out with my friends from the world more because I, my friends from the kingdom, they're just so drama. It's just so hard. Yeah, but if you hung out with your friends in the world more, you'd find the same drama at the end. And actually, maybe just a little bit more. See, he, uh, Satan is always trying to make it look like it's going to be better out there, right? It's always, it's always better out there. Satan is always making it look like it would be better if... He's laying that out before us all the time. And I think about these are, you know, when I am having these times, we have these times where everything kind of piles up on us. It may be that every, our, this one kid isn't working out. You know, if you read my journal right now, you're definitely going to get an earful of what is not going wrong in, right in my life. Because this is a, I'm going to fill up my journal with this because I am talking to God about it. And here's some clues for me. If I start hearing things that sound like I've heard Satan say them before and they're coming out of my mouth, I have definitely crossed over. <laughs> when I start saying those things like, it doesn't matter, we just can't win, right? It doesn't matter. It's just not going to matter. God doesn't care. God does not care. When your agreements with Satan start coming out of your mouth, you can know that you're in one of these. One of these moments, when you start saying things that are really, when your mind is going to things that are very extreme. This was very extreme, wouldn't you say? He's like, they never have any problems. They're free from all ills. You know, they're completely awesome. Their lives are completely awesome. And when you start hearing yourself say these extreme things, you know, I was having this conversation with Jay, and I was like, we could never win. He's like, well, not never it's not never. We do win, right? You know, like he's trying to pull it in, pull it in. Okay. So when you start hearing all those extreme statements that you're saying, when it's everything, also here's the other thing. So everything is exaggerated because Satan has pulled up his big old magnifying mirrors because you're in his fun house. And he's like, whoa. I mean, this is like a skinny one. And there's the fat one. This is the big one. And this is the little one. Because he's pulled up all his magnifying mirrors and he's making every single thing in your life look totally difficult, right? Nothing is easy. Everything is hard. Why does every single thing have to be hard? Right? Everything. And when you start realize, when you start having the feeling that it is everything, and you can actually pull back out of yourself and realize it is everything, like you have griped about every single thing, like the toothpaste. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Like it really has been everything, like the way this person is breathing, 
and this way the person is eating, and the toothpaste is out on the counter, and why am I the only person that can see all the trash that's on the floor, and why is this not working over here, and why hasn't he fixed that he, why hasn't he fixed that yet, and why do I have to live in this, but, okay, do you see what I'm saying? When you, when you start realizing, actually, it pretty much is everything that's coming out of my mouth, <laughs> it's pretty much everything from the dust on the ground to my best friend's then you can have a clue that something strange is going on, that Satan just might be magnifying everything, right? And so when I have times like this, I think that this is a time to work it out with God. Sometimes you can think in that moment that this is the time to have that conversation. And another thing. You know, when you're walking in, when you walk into somebody's presence with, and, like, you're in mid-thought. Anyways, I was thinking, you know, <laughs> you can tell that maybe it's not the best time to have that conversation about maybe a legitimate thing that you actually do need to have a conversation with them about at some point, but maybe not right now. This is a time for you to work it out with God. Another thing you can look for is what is the fruit that's coming out of your life? from this line of thinking. So as you're going through and you've got this, all these incoming, and you've got so much stuff you honestly really can't even sort through it, and you're really trying to sort through it, but you can't, um, is the fruit coming out, are you more, is, that, is it wisdom from above that is first of all pure, peace-loving, right? Do you remember that from James? It, you have to look at fruit. You can always follow the fruit, you can also always follow what everybody else around you seems to be perceiving about you. Do you see what I'm saying? Like people can start saying things like, are you okay? Actually, that's a really loving thing to say. <laughs> that's the really loving question for them to ask instead of, you know, what is wrong with you? <laughs> that's just a little ditty. So when somebody seems to be throwing off, you know, it's the porcupine days where you got the quills coming out, like, oh, there's one, there's one, there's one. Um, you can ask yourself, you can ask them, oh, are you okay? Can I help? How can I help you? Right? It goes a lot further than, what is wrong with you? Are you okay? You know, see, there's a couple different ways that you can ask that. Okay, so I'm thinking that when you have bad fruit coming out, I think that you can, you can look at this as this is supposed to be a conversation with God kind of t- thing, okay? This is a conversation with God. I need to be working things through with God. And I think that sometimes, guys, we just underestimate how much time that's going to take. Even to have loving, wonderful relationships in the kingdom, where you know for a fact that that person loves God and loves you. If you think about how hard it is even to maintain that, just think about how much time you're going to need to spend with God talking all these things through. And we are very, very overstimulated as a country. We really are in every way. I mean, we're overstimulated physically. You know, we have a lot of um, stimulants going on. And we're just overstimulated in our brain, in our mind. Can't ha- there's, it's never quite anywhere. I went into a restaurant the other day, and the TVs were not on. I was like, oh, my gosh, are they broken? <laughs> this is awesome. It's like, I think I can sit at Wendy's without having the TV on. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, can we, do, do we really have to have a TV on in every room in America? I mean, is it really? But it's like, we've got to have that sound. And if not that, then the music, you know, which I know doesn't bother some people, but I think we know it bothers me. <laughs> so um, there's just so much stimulation. So there's, all, there's always so much stimulation. And here's a couple times that I've found that I have things I need to work through, which you, would be, you might be surprised by. I think you might be surprised by the number of occurrences or things that you might need to think through at the end of a Sunday. Because I have noticed many people having fights in their family on Monday. Now, sometimes we can think, it, oh, it's just a you know, case of the Mondays. People call it the Mondays. But I actually think it's more of a, if it's more of a sat- satanic assault than that. It's not just about getting your mindset for Monday and deciding, I'm going to be open-handed. I'm leaving the weekend behind. Thank you, God, for what I was given. I'm not going to grab for more. That is a lesson that we all have to learn, right? I'm not going to keep grabbing. That's what that is, the Mondays. Did you know that? That's when you're not satisfied with what God has given, and you're like, no, I need more. Risk time for me. I need more. And so you're grabbing. I guarantee you, if you will start going into your Monday saying, thank you, God, living backwards, looking backwards, and going, thank you for what you've given me, you'll be ready for your Monday better. But I will also say that I think that a lot of things happen at church, and a lot of things happen with your kids that you don't know about, and they don't know that they are bothering them. Does that make sense? Like with your kids, they don't know that conversation. They don't know how to say, I was really bothered by this conversation in the third grade room. You know, I mean, they don't know how to do that. So they've got all their pile up. They have a pile up sometimes on Sundays because they've had a lot of interaction with people, maybe people that are not some of their best friends, but then you've you've got a problem there because maybe their best friend sat by somebody else on that Sunday. Do you see what I'm saying? These are all problems, right? Okay, and this is not just for kids. This is for us. This is for all of us. Somebody walks by you in the fellowship and they don't say hi. Somebody, and you know, this is like the second or third time they've done that. Not that you're counting or anything. (laughs) Just saying. I think there might be a problem. You know what I'm saying? So it could be little things like that. And then somebody says something actually bizarre. Like, and that you, you really are trying to figure out, do I need to talk to that? You know what I mean? Like, wait, is this something that you talk about? Is this a conversation or a confession? I don't know. I don't know. Is this, you know, so you got, and then that's on top of everything else that you have going on. I'm just saying, I think sometimes on Sundays, you need a little time to sort through your day. And so you might want to allow yourself a little buffer time on that Sunday night to work through all that kind of stuff, because you, you're going to have to work through it with God. Because the way that he gets through this is he says... When I tried to understand all this, it was oppressive to me. I love this sentence because it makes you understand that you cannot understand. This is completely validating. It's validating because it says, you are not going to understand everything that's going on. You're not going to be able to sort all the way through it. You're just not. None of us are. We have little bitty brains. We have little bitty brains and big hearts. That we can't figure everything out as fast as we would like. So... When I tried to understand all this, it was oppressive to me. And this is, Dave, um, this is a really um, a, a t- an intense feeling when you feel oppressed. Till I entered the sanctuary of God, and then I understood their final destiny. And right now, he's trying to say, I, you know, he was getting his, his mind back from envying the world, but I think that this goes across the board in everything. We don't, ever un- we don't always understand 
everything that's happening. In Psalm 131, it says, I do not consider things too wonderful for me, but I have stilled and quieted my own soul like a weaned child, like a weaned child is my soul within me. A weaned child is one that's not crying for the bottle anymore, right? And we are telling our souls, calm down. It's going to be okay. But we can only do that because God understands everything. I can guarantee you that not one thing got over on God. Nothing, nobody is getting over on God. No one. No matter what it looks like from the outside, no one gets over on God. He knows every single thing, and actually, he doesn't really need you to deal with every single thing, to be honest. So he, he's going to... Now, some things you do, you can't get out of it. Like, it's just the way it is. If, that's, if, if you've been involved in something, you have to get... Yeah. But then some things, he doesn't really need you, you know? So that's good. He's awesome. So he understands everything. And so when we take everything to him, we feel relief. We feel this relief that happens when we enter his sanctuary. It says, I, then I, till I entered the sanctuary of God, and then I understood their final destiny. So whatever we have to do, we have to get ourselves to that sanctuary. That sanctuary can be your time in the morning with him. It can be time in the middle of the night when he wakes you up because he needs a chance to talk to you. You have to let him, though. It can be going to midweek when you don't want to. Because you're going to see that person. Or you're going to have to deal with that thing. Or whatever it is. Do you see what I'm saying? It can mean going to church, even though maybe it's difficult. Whatever the sanctuary is, there's sanctuary every day. There's sanctuary every minute to be found. You can find it every minute. So you have to figure out, how can I get alone with God? How can I enter into this sanctuary with him so that I can empty out all this burden, right? Um, And then he goes through how he sees what happens to them. Surely you place them on slippery ground and you cast them down to ruin. How suddenly they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. Now, I'm not really... I'm not really interested in going into all the things that we know happens to people that, we, that, that, are, that are living by their own standard, right? That's not my point. My point is whatever's going on with you, you can always take it to God, and you must take it to God before you ever take it to other people. Everything always has to be taken to God first. And I think that friends are awesome, and I think, I, obviously, I lay my life down for the kingdom. I bought the field. That's it. I believe this is it. I believe this is God's plan for us on this planet. But the, the kingdom, people don't replace God. It's his kingdom. We go to God and try to work it all out. See what's left over. What do you still have that's left over that needs to talk th- be talked through? Now, in this situation I'm talking about, is I'm not even really talking about sin, your own sin. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about when you can't figure stuff out. And you're trying to sort everything through. And I think trying to get to the point where you are not so demanding with how quickly everything has to be worked through always helps as well. Like, this has to be done by this. You know, honey, you're not going to understand a lot of things for a long time. It may, it may be a decade. Seriously. 
I'm really serious about that. Like it may be, this is going to be a long-term lesson, and God keeps giving you little bits of it as much as you can handle in the moment. And so you just keep going to him, and he keeps giving to you. You're you're, You're letting him take that burden of understanding off of you, if that makes sense. Okay, so I'm just talking about working things through. But now, let's talk about the other thing where it says you need to speak. So go over to Psalm 32. And over here, it almost feels like it's saying the exact opposite. (laughs) Because in Psalm 73, it's saying, you don't need to talk that so much. Just talk to me. And you know, there's certain times, um, there's certain times where there's things going on that actually, uh, you really can't talk to anybody about it because you would kind of be gossiping. Does that make sense? Because, you know, as much as you try to do that, this sister, that brother, like we don't know. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? And you do have to get help with certain situations, but I think a lot, can you just go to God first and see how much he can work out on your own? Does that make sense? Like, let him work you through some things and also let him narrow it down for you. You know, sometimes we can get together with people before we've even tried. And then this person, you're just basically like giving a lot of information, and then you're not helping them. This is especially important for married couples, is when you're going through certain things, what are you going to talk to your spouse about? Is it something that's going to encourage their faith? Is it something that's going to help them? Then really, honestly, you don't need to talk to them about it. Honestly, because you're going to get stuck. Here's the deal. Somebody does something mean to your husband, okay? Something mean. They're wrong. They're sinful. Of course, you only hear your husband's side of it. But let's say it's, let's just go with it all the way, 100%. They did something mean to him. And so he comes and talks to you about it. And then on one hand, you're like, wow, he's talking to me about something. This is awesome. He's talking to me about something. But then later on, He goes back and he deals with that the way that he's supposed to, and he approaches the person, which is supposed to be first, but he approaches the person, he talks to them about it. They have a great talk. They are completely resolved. In fact, they're better friends than they've ever been. And you're like, what? (laughs) Because you didn't get to see all that resolution. You didn't get to feel it. You didn't get to feel the conversation in the room. And so you are left. I'm telling you, it's like that crud that's left around your pots when you cook. It's hard to get that stuff out of your heart because you knew stuff that you shouldn't know. Does that make sense? This happens in all walks. I'm just saying it. it's easiest to happen with the people that you live with. Maybe it happens with roommates. You know, maybe we talk to them too much, you know, and then they know stuff that they shouldn't know. So it's important for us to go, I need to work everything I can through with God and let him deal with me. And even sometimes we can just have to admit that Satan got us, like that Satan got us. There's this, there's this, um, there's this scene in, of course, Lord of the Rings, um, where I think it's Denethor and he is, he sees this huge army approaching Okay, he sees this huge, and he finally gets to see Sauron's army. He's not seen it yet. They, everybody knows that the dark side is coming, and everybody knows that the evil forces are on the move, but he has not actually seen it with his eyes. And then he sees this great horde of demons basically coming towards him, and he completely loses heart. 
And he's like, oh, who could stand against such evil? And he gives up. Basically, he gives up. And there's going to be times in our life, no matter how spiritual we think we are, (laughs) that we're just going to be like, who could stand against such evil? We can't win. You know, you're going to have those times where you just look out and you just go, everything is going wrong. And in those times, we just have to admit that Satan has got us. We started making agreements and now we agree with him. You're right, Satan. God's not on my side. You're right. He's holding out on me. You're right. He, I, 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 surely you will not die. You know what he said to Eve? He goes, you surely will not die. He starts making you think that this whole God thing is so stupid. What were you thinking? And, And these people are too intense anyway. And I was like going to church. Like everybody's always at church all the time. And they're always going to everything. They don't do anything else like church. I'm so sick of hearing about church. I'm sick of hearing about God. And that can happen to us because we start making agreements with Satan. So sometimes we just have to admit that's going to happen to us and know that it is. So when you go over here in Psalm 32, it says, Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Now, I want you to think about this. He's feeling oppressed too, right? He's feeling oppressed too. But he's feeling oppressed because God's hand was on him. Does that make sense? So in the other, in the other psalm, he's feeling oppressed because of all this stuff. And all, oh, this is, ugh, the whole world and everything. And in this psalm, he's feeling oppressed because God is saying, uh-uh. Now, when you have a baby, you have to learn what the cries mean, don't you? Oh, this, she's not hungry. She's just tired. <laughs> oh, no, she must be wet. Like, a mom starts to understand what cry they're hearing, right, after a while. And I think in our hearts, we have to start we have to start being sensitive to what is happening. Is God opposing me? Or is it satanic opposition? Does that make sense? Is this satanic opposition and all those things that I was talking about before when you start making these agreements and you start hearing these things come out of your mouth that's not the truth? Or is God, is God saying no because you have stuff that you have not dealt with? You have sin, and you have things that you're supposed to be dealing with right now, and you haven't dealt with them, and you haven't confessed them. Now, it could be either one, but we have to start discerning which is it. Is this oppression because of my own making? Is this something that I need to confess? Is this a confession time, or is this a conversation time? When I kept saying that my bones wasted away, Through all my groaning all day long, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. And I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. And this is the 
ultimate feeling when you go, okay, you know how after you have the conversation, you finally get something done and out and off your chest, and then you're like, oh my gosh, I feel great. Sort of like that feeling after you've had the flu and you've had the fever and you've been in bed and you're like, and then you have the fever breaks and you're up and you're like, I could run a marathon. Really, you can like only do 10 minutes worth of stuff, but you start cleaning your whole house or whatever, you know, (laughs) and this is what repentance feels like. This is what forgiveness feels like. When you finally confess and you get it done and you're like, I am done with that. I was just complaining, you know, whatever it was, whatever the, whatever the sin is. And you've confessed it and you're repented and you've forgiven. It feels awesome. It says, therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place and will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I love that imagery. So we think about this. This is something that I love to think about. Is that, first of all, we need to get to God while he may be found. And I don't like to think about it, but wouldn't that indicate that there might be a time where he might not be found? Like, we need to repent while we still have the chance. We need to not put it off till tomorrow. And why would we want to anyway? Well, I can say why we would want to, because it's really hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to have conversations. Unless, unless, I mean, unless you just love conflict. But most people don't love conflict. I mean, actually, no one really loves conflict. You don't like to, and because confessing your sins, that makes, means you have to be vulnerable. You have to be vulnerable, and you have to let people in. You have to ask these questions like, what do you think? It's like a torture question for the prideful. What do you think? <laughs> so you're, you're, you're telling them what you're feeling and thinking, and then you're waiting for them to give you some sort of response. Are they going to crush me? You know, the Bible says, a bruised reed I will not break, and a smoldering wick I will not snuff out. And I think we're always afraid that that person is going to crush our bruise or snuff out our little teeny tiny light that we still had. So we're very afraid. So that is why we don't want to deal with it. But if we really think about what's coming on the other side, the refreshment, the other side, it's such a wonderful thing to get that repentance. So if we keep our mindset on that, we have to remember that this is the time. Today is the day. Tomorrow isn't the day for repentance. Today is the day. People always put the repentance off until Mondays. Have you ever noticed that? Like, I'm going to start that diet on Monday. Or whatever it is. I'm going to start that with a new year. <laughs> I'm going to start the, the new year. I mean, no, it's only February. I'm going to start that the new year. <laughs> but there's always like, I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I'm going to repent. I'm going to repent at, you know, sometime in the future. No, you repent today while he may be found. We ask for forgiveness while he may be found. And then we get to enjoy the songs of deliverance. And then God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not be like the horse and the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. And you know, if I had to, I think that's a great image. You know, horses are awesome, but you have to make them go. I don't want to be like that to God. I don't want God to have to put a thing in my mouth so that he can direct me. And the irony is that God did exactly that with me. <laughs> when I was young as a Christian, as he, I had been clenching my teeth by not 
confessing my sins. That's a true story. I had not confessed my sins, and I clenched my teeth so badly that I had uh, temporal mandibular joint disorder, and I had to get a thing put in my mouth to make my teeth grow back in the right place so that that pain in my head would go away. (laughs) I'm saying that reminds me of this scripture, okay? Don't make it to where God has to put a bit in your mouth to make you go where he wants you to go because you're so dang hard to lead. Anybody have a kid that's hard to lead? Don't raise your hand. There are some that are very hard to lead. And you feel like you got to put that bit in and you got to have the reins like this. And you know what it does is it just doesn't make life fun. It's just not very fun. Although sometimes they end up being really fun. It's like a, like a Bronco ride, you know, like a, people that like that kind of thing. But it's just when you're hard to lead, it doesn't make it enjoyable for the person trying to lead you. And we, we make God have to push us and prod us and poke us and, and always whip us into submission. Why? Why not let the kindness of God lead us to repentance? Allow his kindness. Let him direct you while his voice is still kind. This is something we talk about in my family all the time. I want you guys to listen to me while my voice is still kind. It is going to change in a minute, and it's going to become more severe. But it's not because I'm unkind. It's because you haven't responded to my kindness. And so now, the only teacher you have is consequences. And when the consequences don't work, we have nothing left but punishment. Does that make sense? It's in that order. So if we let God lead us to repentance through his kindness, he doesn't have to impose so many consequences. And, relatively, no punishment is necessary, right? Because we follow him willingly. We're not, we don't want to be the horse that has to have a bit in its mouth. You can tell if you're, you know, uh, if you're doing that by how, <clears throat> how difficult everything is. Um, okay. It says, many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. And I know that this is where we all want to land. So I don't know if any of this helps you in trying to get through all of the the various and sundry things that come to your mind. But the next time that you're feeling this need, if you had to think about in your life, do I have things that I need to have a conversation about, or do I have things that I need to confess? Which conver- Which is it in my life right now? And that will help guide you, not only in your D groups, in your marriages, in your families, to make sure that you're going for, you're going to God with your stuff first. Let him sort it through first, and whatever's left over, then have conversations about that with the people that can help you, okay? I hope this helps you. Let's go to our groups.